events last night, um, 9 p.m., we got the notification from the Prime Minister's Department that there was going to be this press conference in just 20 minutes. Pretty clear it wasn't going to be um, great news. And, uh, you know, when the just the day before, actually, I've been asked to do a couple of interviews with overseas outlets about 100 days COVID free. And I'd been talking it up, saying everything was fine. And, you know, they wanted the contrast with what they are living with in the US and UK. Um, yeah, So less than, you know, 24 hours after that, uh, of course, that all becomes horribly out of date. Um, in fact, the producers of those programs both got in touch saying, oh, no, you know, how are you? And, uh, uh, yeah, so they, they were, I think, feeling it almost as much as we were. Um, but, yes, that, that press conference, bit of a challenge for the media because uh, a real standing start. Nobody had much in the way of prior um, knowledge uh, that it was going to happen. Um, and then after the actual announcement by... Jacinda Ardern, there was quite a flurry of questions, as as you'd expect in the actual press conference part from the journalists. A couple of tricky questions for the PM, and um, one of them was this one, to which I think she gave um, a pretty useful answer. Aucklanders and New Zealanders will be having this sinking feeling in their stomach at the moment. What's your message to them? I absolutely understand, and that is a completely natural feeling. Um, We've had 102 days, and it was very easy to feel perhaps like New Zealand was out of the woods. Um, But of all the countries in the world, we have gone the longest. No country has gone as far as we did without having resurgence. And so because we were the only ones, that meant that we always knew we had to plan, and we have planned. And now that moment has arrived where we need to utilise that plan. So my request is not to be dispirited or disheartened. Um, When we've rolled out our plans before, it has worked. So I'm asking that everyone joins us on that journey again, reminds themselves of what we had to do last time, and just continues to stay with us as we keep sharing all the information we have uh, as we try and get back control, again, of these cases that we've identified. Again, this is something we have prepared for. That old sinking feeling. Yeah, I think that's a difficult question to answer because, you know, she obviously wanted to empathise, but then are you sort of wallowing in the negativity of it, going, oh, yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? But that, interestingly, the next morning on Morning Report, that came back to me because that was the little clip they pulled out in their opening sequence of the 7 o'clock hour, that bit about getting control, um, was, was and that was not part of the prepared statement that she read. That was in response to a journalist question. So, yeah, I thought that that was um, that was kind of well done. But that message that you know we, we're prepared, we've prepared for this, and I think the media had in a way prepared for this. I mean, there was no warning of that press conference uh, or very little. Um, but I think news websites that I was looking at when it happened and uh, w- responded really well to it. I mean, Brian, when he was on air, and then yourself when you came on at 10, um, really good, lots of good information there. And, uh, you know, I think it was interesting that when the development of the press conference clearly was going to be something uh, a bit heavy came up, the news websites like TVNZ stuff, the Herald, um, all put up pictures of rather sombre-looking Jacinda Ardern, like they actually had those ready to roll in the instance that they were going to have to roll with some some bad news at some point. Um, so, yeah, in, a, in that sense, um, media were prepared too. But I think the, the thing that impressed me most, perhaps, was um, watching one of the live streams of the speech and video of the announcement and the questions that uh, Jacinda Ardern faced from the journalists. And the Stuff live blog was running ahead of the ever-so-slightly-delayed um, live stream on the web that I was watching. So their little 
type summaries of what uh, the Prime Minister was saying were coming up before she was actually saying it on the live stream, which I thought was uh, pretty rapid. What about on Talkback Radio? The, the lines would have been running hot. Yeah, that was a bit of a different story. And interestingly, I listened to a bit of ZB and Marcus Lush uh, was, you know, lost part of his program to go to the live announcement. But um, interestingly, he at about 10 past eight, so a full hour before, was reading out texts from listeners who were telling him that there was an email circulating around from Counties Monaco DHB about a patient in a certain area of South Auckland, which he named. I haven't heard it referred to late, uh, since then, so I won't. And also to the fact there was going to be a Prime Minister's press conference. That was 10 past eight, so before I think anyone else had mentioned it in the media, certainly. So, yeah, some people who were listening and corresponding with his show were on, on the ball with that. But he had a lot of people phone in who were wound up by the news, either upset by it, or also just thought that COVID was being overreacted to and the thought of another lockdown was just unjustified. Um, He wasn't inclined to take much nonsense, though, um, Marcus, who's usually quite a laid-back individual. Um, And here's how he dealt with uh, one such caller, uh, name of Nigel. Hi, Marcus. So just imagine a disease so deadly you actually have to be tested to know if you've got it. This is just nonsense. It is absolute nonsense. Well, it's... Nigel, how many people are dead in America? And how many people have died from cancer in the same time, Marcus? More people have died but, from but, 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 this, but this is, this is not mutually... Nigel, this is not mutually exclusive. It's not idiot hour. Just because people die of cancer doesn't mean you have a whole lot... It's, this is a preventable, communicable disease. It's not motor accidents. It's not cancer. Have you not learned anything in the last six months, Nigel? Cut him off. He do, well, no, actually, he engaged him and did speak with him and let the guy talk. It was quite an interesting exchange, but he just wasn't prepared to um, to indulge, uh, you know, what he regarded as sort of nonsense and, and misinformation. Um, and on the same thing, he had a lot of people phoning in who were reporting on the... Um, panic buying because you know the prime minister was saying please don't panic buy in her speech but i mean she was asked questions about that as it was actually happening from reporters saying you told people not to but it's actually happening what do you say about that now and um uh, marcus actually had some messages of his own um for uh people who might be tempted to do it or might be on the way uh to the supermarket it's got one of his um trademark long poises at the end before he he gets to his main point it's just three days people don't do it. Instant noodles, Louisiana chicken, you'll be fine. Rice risotto from the dairy, two litre milk and milo, you don't need to panic by. It's three days. Because if there's community transmission, you're out there falling over each other in the supermarket, that's not a good thing. I think that's a pretty good point, actually. I'd like to think that some people who might have been in their cars heading to a supermarket might have heard that and actually just turned around and gone home and, you know, maybe gone to the dairy instead the next day. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Righto, Paula Bennett on Magic. Yeah, she made some comments the day before uh, the big news, which didn't go uh, or didn't age so well, let's put it that way. She was filling in for the regular host, Peter Williams. A little odd to have a politician who's still uh, an MP, technically, um, in the last days of her political career, I guess, uh, doing a whole week on talkback. But um, here's, uh, yeah, perhaps the the first of of comments that 24 hours later... uh, didn't look like they were in the best possible light. 
I, I made up my mind this morning that I wasn't going to get on a big rant about um, quarantine and the fact that they're saying there's more likely to be a, um, you know, community transmission at the moment than there was, you know, sort of six or eight weeks ago. And so I'm not going to. I think we should be grateful that I have to go to a news um, ad because, quite frankly, I call bullshit, which I'm probably not allowed to say on radio. But I do. I just call that is absolute rubbish that we, we were more at risk eight frickin' weeks ago when they were botching up the quarantine than we are now that they're actually getting it a little bit better. But see, I'm getting ranty. I'm getting ranty. And I promised myself that I wouldn't on my day one. Taken to it like a duck to water. Well, I don't know. Um, that was there, was there was a bit more of that to come during the morning, and of course, you know, with the events of the next day, uh, she I clearly the wasn't tone. worried about that. Yeah, with the <laughs> well, I know about the tone because people didn't didn't seem to react well to it. But I mean, you've you've actually done talk back at that very station or previous incarnation. They seem to like having politicians on as guests or former politicians. So maybe That's they where feel that politicians go to die, Colin, or to be resurrected. Yeah, but when they're actually still sitting MPs, some people did, you know, say, look, sure, the Electoral Commission should get involved here because she's criticising the government. We're effectively in an election campaign. This is biased and unfair, but I think um, it's, it, the Electoral Commission stuff does not cover editorial content. It's more like those actual election messages. So it's just, I guess, a choice that MediaWorks have made. They seem happy to have on their talk networks, um, you know, politicians that want to make um, political points and carry a bit of baggage. So, yeah, part of the recipe, I suppose, but not everyone will be into it. Can you name them all? Well, there was Michael Laws, who had his own show, and then uh, there was Willie and JT, but the granddaddy of them all, I guess, was John Banks. And weirdly, ironically, coincidentally, he was doing a week of filling in for Peter Williams before the week that Paula Bennett did (laughs) this week. So, um, yeah, it's a kind of weird back to the future thing. Yeah. uh, 30 years apart. Maggie Barry? Oh, yep, there's another one. Uh, Rodney Hyde? Yep, that's true. Well, they, would, they used to get Rodney Hyde in on public holidays on Radio Live, <laughs> even when he was actually on. a P. They used to come on after Andrew and I. Anyway, we've run out of time, unfortunately. Um, so thank you very much, Colin. No worries. That's Colin Peacock with Midweek Media Watch.